Napoleon Hill said that everything that you can see, hear, feel, or touch in your world has been created twice. First in someone's imagination and second in reality, or as Napoleon Hill puts it, the materialization of it. So here's the question. How much does belief play a part in your success? And is your future, by the way, as bright as you want to make it? Hmm. Because when it comes down to it, there is a simple reality that we've got to go there and look at. And that is something called limiting beliefs. That's beliefs that limit your potential, limit your success. How true are those in your world? How true are those in the world of your loved ones, your family, the people that your colleagues at work? Well, that's what today's session's all about. We've got Jennifer Gittimer. She's author of Sales in a New York Minute. She's a mindset coach. She's a sales trainer. She knows all about this subject. Let's do this. Well, you're the mindset guru, so let's let's just open it up for a second. Yeah. You know, because we you hear this winning mindset, strong mindset. What's the first thing that springs to mind when I say mindset? To me, it's mind. And most people don't pay enough attention to their their thoughts, their beliefs, and how that's creating their reality. And so when I think of mindset, I think of how is your mindset? What does that look like? And if you want to know what your mindset is, just look at your action, just look at your results, your outcomes. Because whatever's presenting itself in the outer world is already happening on the inner world. Quite dramatic, that isn't it? <laughs> if you want to know what your mindset is, just look at your results. Because that's a reflection of your mindset. That's right. Saying. All right, so let's let's talk about this topic. All right, it's a yeah. big one, probably misunderstood. Limiting beliefs. You've heard of that. Mm. So what are they? So a limiting belief is a belief that you have, a story that you've told yourself over time or perhaps a story that was told to you that then you've taken on as your own. And it's something you keep repeating in your head that's holding you back. It's limiting you from taking the action that you need to take to create the results that you want. The biggest limiting belief of all limiting beliefs because. I have clients who come to me and they're like, I want to identify all my limiting beliefs. It's like, let's start with the limiting belief that you think you have limiting beliefs, right? A lot of people call things limiting beliefs that actually aren't. And they're in forever search of finding all your limiting is beliefs. That the biggest li- so the biggest <laughs> limiting belief is the fact that I, I think that I've got loads of limiting beliefs. Or that you're letting the thought that you have limiting, limiting beliefs hold you back. Is this self-sabotage? Yeah, it can be. It can be. You see, sometimes when I'm having a little bit cheeky with that phrase, sometimes I do a presentation and I say, COVID was a global pandemic, yeah? Well, there's two pandemics that are much bigger than that. And the biggest one is self-sabotage. Mm, that's good. Well, I mean, imagine if, if, if people didn't sabotage themselves and how far we'd move forward in the world, but there you go. Limiting beliefs, where did the start? Growing up, you learned things. And usually you learn things, and if you have kids, your kids are learning things by seeing you do things. Not by what you tell them, but by what you do. So if, if you say, 
Money doesn't grow on trees. And I don't know if that's a phrase you guys use here, but it's a phrase that we use in America. Yeah, it's used here. Okay, okay. So that's a, a, that's a story that, that you keep hearing over and over and over again. And then you make a belief based on that story. So the belief could be working, you have to work really hard to make a lot of money. Or uh, making money is difficult. Or who, who knows what, right? You make up these, these stories and then we collect evidence over time. So what do I mean by that? You go and do something and you don't make the amount of money that you want or you realize they take out so much money in taxes and so now it's like really it becomes harder to make the money you want that's evidence and you keep seeing that evidence and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy and then now you're telling yourself that when you go to take the right action um but to couple with that so that's a story that we heard and then told ourselves is that from self-protection as well is it like that's all right, because it, it happened like that. Is it is it part of making excuses? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is all making excuses. But a lot of times people don't realize they're making that excuse. And they have to be, they, they need someone to point out that, the, to mirror for them the thoughts that they're yeah. having in their head that they're saying out loud so that once they see them, they can't unsee them, right? Then they, they begin to see them through a new lens and now you can do something about it. But often I... I think they don't even realize they're making excuses. So you, right. So having someone external to sort of hold the mirror up, mm-hmm. you know, like a coach or yep. maybe a husband, wife, life partner type thing, they're yep. short of telling you <laughs> your, your own flaws from time to time. Um, is that what you have to do to start to even identify limited beliefs? Does you need an external to come in? So you can start on your own. You can start by journaling, writing down what your actual thoughts are and then being uh, reflective and looking at, okay, what am I saying? What am I saying to myself? What are those thoughts that I'm having that might be holding me back? And then when you figure that out, then you can start to work on it. But this is deep inner work and your business is going to grow in proportion to the 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 more personal development you do for yourself, the more you grow on the inside. And so in my experience, it's always better to have someone guiding you through that. Reflect, there's lots of apps now, isn't there, for reflections and mm-hmm. you know meditations and all, all that kind of stuff. So I think more and more people are beginning to do it. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts around the good old sort of pen and paper? <laughs> Writing yeah. your thoughts down and actually that the process of journaling and I think journaling is journaling is really powerful, but it's analyzing. Most people don't go back and actually analyze what they've journaled. They just get it out and they're like, okay, cool. I got it out. Now what? Well, it's about actually turning backwards in your journal and looking at what you wrote down and being in the right state to uh, do something about it. And by state, I mean like how calm are you? Where is your breath? Are you anxious and in fight or flight because you're not making enough money? And so now you're like, oh, I'm not making enough money. Money's really hard to come by. Money doesn't grow on trees. And you're writing down all your thoughts and you're like, well, I don't know. Is, what to is do. there a risk then that, you know, because we want this, you, ideally, we, ideally, if I'm writing my, my thoughts down, I want it to turn to motivation. Mm-hmm. Is there a risk that this can turn to depression? There is a risk. And, and, I can't say, I, I can't yeah. compute that personally. What do you mean? 
I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of what you're saying here and you know as I would self-reflect I'd want to do something about it like take right, action like right, right, said. right but do, do, do some people does it make them even worse well it makes them even worse to keep it inside their mind because a thought inside your head is infinite it keeps on yes, looping yeah. and going and going it's like a broken record but a thought that's on paper is now finite because you've, you've taken that thought out of your head. Yes. It can't loop anymore. And now you've taken this story down. It's, so it's actually it's logical. helpful. Yeah, exactly. It's less emotional, totally logical. We yeah. can look at it, probably be a bit more objective about it. 100%, yes. Is that one of the, the first things that you get people to do? Yeah. So one of the first things I get them to do is to breathe. Because most of the time our breath is caught in our chest. And when it's high and tight, you're in flight. When it's low and slow yeah. into your belly, you're in flow. You, you really start making me self-conscious <laughs> about the posture. All oh, this sorry. Kind of stuff right now. No, it's oh, just good. a matter of like, yeah. where is your breath, True. right? If like, if you're going to do something that isn't something you do every day and it creates some anxiety, the first thing you need to check if you want to calm your body down is your breath. Which is again back to the state. That mm -hmm. you're in. You know, control the state. You can exactly. control the situation. Exactly. Limiting beliefs. How much do they hold people back? A ton. Everyone. Every single person, yes. Has got them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even one of my coaches who has a 10 to $15 million business, he has them, right? And he'll tell us, like, I had this limiting belief about blah, 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 and he's still finding them. The The... Well, the key is awareness then. The key is like acceptance. It's like, I'm just not a superhero. Right. And the key is not to search for them all the time, but once you've gotten the main ones that you know are holding you back, is to just live, take action. You know, action creates clarity. So take action. And then as you're taking action, something's going to come up and you can be more reflective because now you have the breath under control and you're doing things like journaling and getting your thoughts out on paper. And I was like, oh, that was holding me back from making sales. Yeah, you're making me think about emotional intelligence, basically, because the first thing in emotional intelligence is just self-awareness, yeah? Mm -hmm. And the process of writing things down, getting them out, makes you self-aware. So this is a really cool thing. Uh, the word abracadabra. Abracadabra. Abracadabra, right? You can't do it without the like. Yeah, you can't. Okay. Abracadabra means, it's an ancient Aramaic word, and it actually means, with my word, I create. So that is magic. With my word, I create. So the language that we talk to ourselves, the, the things that we say to ourselves, are what we are creating into reality. And so you are creating magic every single day, if it's magic, if you don't like the outcome, it's magic you don't want, right? So now we go back to the words. What are we saying? So I'm going to talk about this at BizX, but one of the things is like, how can I ever make that sale? Well, tell, tell me that. How can I make that sale? How can I ever make that sale? Being on top of my being on top form. No, no, you say it, say it. How okay. can I ever make that sale? How can I ever make that sale? How does that feel? I tried to say it really positively and I <laughs> kind of understood the words afterwards. Um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't top. 
It wasn't top. No. No, that's a phrase you guys have here, huh? Well, no, it's not really a phrase. It didn't really make sense. Neither. Yeah, no, it didn't feel good. Okay. And you, you likely won't make the sale if you go into it yeah. feeling that way, right? Now I want you to delete one word from that sentence and just how can I make that sale? We're going to take out the word ever. How can I make that sale? Now what? Definitely more positive. Yeah. See, you you automatically did that because you are yeah, you're coming as, from, it, it, from a positive. As, yeah, but as soon as you said delete the word yeah. ever, you know, I, I, I could feel the emotion. Yeah, you ta- it takes the emotion out. It takes mm-hmm. the drama out. And it takes the story out. It reminds me of Carol Dweck. She wrote the book Mindset, mm-hmm. you know, Growth Mindset. And I can't do that. <laughs> you know, the, the classic uh, child speaking to parent type thing. Mm-hmm. And she just gets you to put one word on the end, yet. Mm-hmm. Which again is self-empowerment. So you delete the word ever mm-hmm. and you feel a bit more empowered. Oh, 100%. So now instead of your brain saying, I'm not going to make this sale. How can I ever make this sale? I'm just not going to make it. Your brain is going to, how can I make it? Let me think about what do I need to do? What are the strategies? It takes the drama out and now you're thinking strategically. What what are the strategies I need in order to make the sale? Well, both of them examples that you've given, you know, the process of writing it down takes the, you said drama out there, I'm just going (laughs) to put emotion. It takes the emotion out and it focuses on objectivity and logic behind it. So how can I make this sale? Mm -hmm. I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. Yeah. Is that what we want to get to? Yes. Logic overcoming emotion. Uh, so you want to be able to create emotion, but it's manu- it's it's created right by uncovering what the person wants and where yeah. the emotional factors are. But going into it with your own emotion, especially if it's negative, isn't going to no. produce the results that you want. You know, ever get in a fight with someone and you're fighting and you're fighting, you're arguing, and then you cool down, you walk away, and five minutes later you think, oh, I wish I had said that. Yeah. Well, you didn't say that in the moment because you were, your body, your mind, everything is so tense, right? So if our mindset is in a tense place, that fight or flight, then it's really hard to be creative. It's really hard to push through. So if you're going into a sales opportunity and you're like, how can I ever make that sale? And you're all stressed out or maybe the thought is, um, how am I ever going to pay my bills? I need more. Mo- I need my business needs to make more money, or I'm going to have to shut it down and go back and get a full time job, and you know the like threat of going back to corporate, all the things. And if those are the thoughts that are going through your mind, then you're not making really good decisions to drive your business to where you want it to be. So, how important is is composure then? Because this is what you're making me think here: being calm, being calculated, being deliberate. How important is that in developing a winning mindset? So people don't talk about this. When you go to a sales training, they don't say, what are you doing today to, uh, to balance your body and your mind? What are you doing today to set the right tone for, for your body? They don't talk about it. And it's so important. It's so freaking important. I do cold plunges. Jeffrey, my husband, thinks I'm nuts. Um, have you done them? Yeah. Okay. Love it. They're awesome. Right. And what, what, what does it get you to do? It gets you to regulate your breath. So it's a really great practice. I like the feeling. Well, I like it too, but, but, but you have to get used to it. Mm. Right. You probably didn't like it the very first time. It was a little cold. I would imagine. (laughs) 
And so, so what, what are some of, I mean, I do lots of things like sauna, cold plunge, um, meditations. I have a, a mat that I lay on that creates alpha state so that it, it, ha- it pulses PMF pulsation to get you into a relaxed state. So there's all these tools that exist. Why do you do a lot? Because I know the more calm my body is, the more creative I'm going to be, the better I'm going to be able to go into situations and create the outcomes that I want. How connected is the, the mind to the body? 100%. It's, it's totally connected. The more calmer your body is, the calmer your mind is. Yeah. They say the body keeps, you know that book, The Body Keeps the Score? Yeah. So it's like if you have an ailment and you're like, oh, why do I keep getting these headaches? Well, something is giving you headaches, right? And it may be something in your environment. It may be some food you're eating. And it may also be something going on in did your we mind. change the question there? How do we keep getting those headaches? <laughs> How can I find out what's giving me these headaches right right how how can i cure these headaches yeah. right like how how can i um heal them and so that's right the questions you ask yourself are so important which comes brings us back down to that journaling part mm-hmm. that you talked about earlier on so composure and calmness is clearly important in developing a strong mindset what else is important um being able to being aware when your mindset isn't in the right place so that you can reset it. So I'll give you an example. I was in New York City and uh, the prospective client I was going to visit gave me the wrong address. And it was the middle of the winter. It was freezing cold. I'm in my winter jacket. I'm in my sneakers because you walk in, in New York in your sneakers, you carry your heels. I have, this was almost 10 years ago. So I had a big projector, it was heavy, and I'm carrying a whole bunch of stuff so I can make my presentation. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Now you can like plug into the TV. It's so easy. You need a cord. Okay, so I'm carrying a whole bunch of stuff. It's freezing cold. There's snow on the ground, and I am sweating because the address, I think it was like 23, did not exist. There was a 21, there was a 25. I'm looking, I'm going to the deli, where's 23? They're like, it's a parking lot. Like, there's no building there. I go into the hotel. They're like, no. So I can't call my prospective client because she's on a plane to Los Angeles, which from New York to LA is like five hours. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm freaking out. I thought I was going to be 20 minutes early. Now I'm going to be late. And I, some thought occurs in my mind. What if she inverted the numbers? And what if instead of 23, it was 32? There's, I have nothing to lose, right? I, I just have stuff to gain, so let's go try it. So I walk to the 30, the opposite, the inversion. I go to the doorman. It was like a residential building. By any chance, does this meeting meet here on the fifth floor? And they were, he was like, yeah. Like, oh. How did that come to you then? God, that was a God moment. That that I mean, that was universe, God, whatever you believe in, like that. I know, that I was. I don't know about that. That, I mean, that was. Wait, out. Crazy, right? So, but now I'm all pissed off. I'm all angry. I'm sweating, and and I'm embarrassed that I'm going to be late for a meeting where I'm the presenter trying to sell all these people on something. And I'm quite frankly, I'm like horrified because I was supposed to be early, and now I'm late, and I can't say. Well, your colleague gave me the wrong address, right? That just 
So I have about 10 seconds riding up in the elevator. And as I push the button on the elevator, I, in my mind, was pushing a reset button. Because I knew if I went in there all pissed off and all upset, I wouldn't get the sale. And I walked in there, I, I walked in there as if everything was great. I ran to the ladies' room, which, you know, ladies do. And, and I knocked the presentation out of the park. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And not only do I still talk to some of the people today that were my, those that became clients, but some of them are really close friends to this day. And that's the day I met them. Now, if I had walked in all pissed off, you gave me the wrong address, da, 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 and my mind was in the wrong place, there's no way I would have moved forward with anything, right? And things happen. On the way to work, you hit traffic. The tube is full. Um, th- there's t- too many people trying to cram in one train. You know, like there's stuff that happens and we all got to deal with it and hit that reset button. And so for me, I played music. That was my little secret. Ten well, seconds two secrets of like, then. Yeah. So this, you know, as soon as you said, when you press the button on the elevator, mm-hmm. you were pressing the reset button. Mm-hmm. I could, I could Kind of you feel can feel it, it right? Yeah, yeah. Could, that's an NLP technique, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, look, reset. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a physical act to yes. a mental decision. Yeah. And, yeah. And then the second is music. Yeah. Yeah, I needed extra help, right? I needed an external tool I mean, music to get me, control, like, pumped up. Just get up. the yeah. emotions flowing, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So use music for you there. I'm sure the people, the, the German watching on the video in the elevator like seeing me dance it out and like shake my body i'm sure they thought it was nuts <laughs> well the the example that you gave is a really good example because it's actually quite a normal example the world mm-hmm. is constantly throwing us challenges problems it's not smooth right and that was an example of you controlling the situation rather than the situation controlling you mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. unfortunately is what can happen to all of us from time to time where the situation gets on top of us our state changes yeah. And we perform well. Right. It happens all the time. And so we get to now notice and become aware of it. Once you start to study this and really get good mm-hmm. at it, you become more aware of it more quickly. And to me, that's uh, the difference between a new entrepreneur and a six or seven figure entrepreneur is the seven figure entrepreneur has figured out how to control their state and react and respond to these situations in a quicker fashion. Like athletes, like performing football matches, etc. Yes. You know, like they will nil down, right? Bam, change. Yes. And some people have got it. Some people haven't got it. Where are you with the? If you've not got this calmness, composure, and the ability to change the yeah. state, where are you with that? You can learn it. Oh, everyone can learn it. I, I really believe. What's the every- hardest thing to learn in that? Uh, accepting when someone tells you that you need to learn it. And and if you're like, well, I don't need this, you probably need this, <laughs> right? Or I've, I've got it. Unless you're paying attention to it and actually practicing it, if you think you just woke up as someone who has this, it's unlikely. I mean, dogs have it. You know when a dog does the little shake off like, well, you're a dog lover, yeah? You've yeah. got two, two dogs yourself. <laughs> exactly. But you know when they go like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they do that after a, uh, um, an anxiety-creating event. So another dog comes close to them that they don't like, they walk away, and they shake it off. 
Um, maybe they see something that they, my dog does it after she sees birds because she wants to go for the bird. She can't get it. She's like, oh, you know, I thought I was going to have bird soup. And I'm holding her back and then shake off, shake off. Okay. Why don't we shake off as adults, right? We keep that energy stuck inside our body. And, and as kids, we're told, like, kids having a temper tantrum is actually a good thing. Now, if you're out in public and your kid is having a temper tantrum, you're telling them to, like, calm down, be quiet, you know, stop. But really what they're doing is they're trying to get the anxiety out of their body. And so we, are, as parents, when we tell them, like, don't do that, we're not giving them a tool no. of what to do. Do the opposite. <laughs> Um, it's, we need to give them a way to get that frustration out, right? So hey, shake your hands, go like this, shake it off, shake it off, get it out of your body. I recognize that there's something upsetting you. It's in there. Let's get it out. Show them like a more controlled way to get it out. And then boom. It's quite creative. I'm going to try that. (laughs) You should try that. I do it on the tennis courts. I've taught it to my team. Like, I do, like, a bad serve or whatever, and instead of, you know, just going right into the next serve, I turn around, I go like this, I take a deep breath, and then I go, okay. And I, you know. Yeah, then I picture myself acing them, and then I do it. (laughs) Then I do the next serve. Visualization then as well. Mm -hmm. You visualize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So when I learned the power of visualization, I was terrible at it. I was like, what is this? You just close your eyes and picture things happening? Like, I'm woo, and that's a little too woo. Like, it's just going to happen. And then when I was writing my book, Sales in a New York Minute, every single day I would visualize myself turning in the manuscript to my publisher. And I would visualize an email with with the attachment and the letter that I was going to send him when it was complete, like, Dear Dave, attached is my book, Sales in a New York Minute. Thanks for taking me on as a first-time author, blah, blah, you know, whatever the words are. And I, I, when it came time to submit that, I knew exactly what I was going to say because I visualized it every day. Was it always that visualization? Always. It, that, to me, that was when the book was complete was when I sent it to the publisher. And, and now knowing what I know... I would also have visualized selling, you know, 10,000 copies or hitting different bestseller lists or whatever it may be, right? That would help me with my outcome. But I didn't understand visualization and I thought it was just... It's always the outcome you visualize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or the celebration of the outcome. What's your best celebration? Uh, Going to Paris with Jeffrey and celebrating there nice food <laughs> yeah yeah nice on shopping shopping yes what do you like to buy clothing and handbags oh and jewelry how many handbags have you got <laughs> too many <laughs> i've seen your art gallery how many pictures have you got more art than handbags uh, so <laughs> pictures win <laughs> well jeffrey started collecting pictures before i started collecting handbags I hope I hope that one day my handbag no, collection Jeffrey will collects win. books. <laughs> he collects both. He collects art and, and yeah, books. He does. And he does. Books. Yeah. He does indeed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start by environment then. Yes. Yeah. How do yeah. you control your environment? And what impact does this have on success? Yeah. So this is this is interesting. When we were in New York City, I joined a co-working space, and it wasn't just the normal co-working space 
that most people know about. There's quite a lot of them now. There's a lot, yeah. But this one was called Primary. And they said um, something along the lines of, the better your environment, the better work you create. And that was the whole premise of this space. They had a yoga studio. They had a healthy smoothie bar, a matcha bar. um, And they would come every day and knock on your office door at 3 o'clock and see if you wanted to join for meditation. And, (laughs) And I don't know of any other co-working space like this, right? They had a wall just full of real green plants, like real plants all on the wall with a filtered watering system. And so... I tell you all this because I really think your environment matters. If your desk is cluttered, your mind is cluttered, right? Like the same thing that I said at the beginning. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that to someone, you know. What's that? A lawyer. I wouldn't say that to a lawyer. And he says, well, what if your desk's empty? <laughs> That's what he said. It's like, it's quite a good point, really, I thought. It's like, all right, well, is, you, is this getting the best out of you? That's what I resorted to. So if your desktop is empty... In my opinion, you've created space to create what you want. The law of the vacuum. Right. Exactly. Exactly where I'm going. And if you don't have the space for the thoughts or the ideas or the creativity because of the clutter, yep. then you've ruined your environment to work in. And so that's why people say they like going to coffee shops because they're going to a blank desk. They're going to a blank space. Yeah, and, and it's different, isn't it? It's a different surrounding. It's like... I've met people who have got two desks. Yeah. They've got a desk where they do their emails and a desk where they go do the, the creativity or yes. the writing or a chair that they go and do the journaling in. Yeah. That's all they're doing that chair. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is, that, is that part of your environment, having separate things? For-, for me, yes. I like to be very specific about where I do my work versus where I do my creative work versus I have a, a couch. I call it my meditation couch. Because you lie on it. I lay on it, yes, and I meditate, and and I write on it. Something about that, isn't there, when you're lying down, because, like, you see on the movies, you know, when people go to therapy and they lie down <laughs> and they get asked the questions. And, but there's something about that whole sort of lying down whilst you're getting into that relaxation position. Yeah, it, it, you're getting into alpha state. You're, you're taking your, the... Is that right? You're getting into alpha state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't live in alpha state. But you can relax your body enough to get into that state. It's scientific. This is proof. This is not just like me telling you, like, are you, are you get al- relaxed. Are you, are you in alpha state now? Um, I'm in a flow state for sure, but maybe, maybe because I, you know, you can do something to right. to to you can train your mind to go into alpha state. Have you ever I had a terrible environment where it's just it's been working adverse on you? Sure, I have. Okay, so when I worked in corporate for ten year, for six and a half years, my last year there, I, I hated it. Tell us about that environment. So what was going on? I would take the train from Manhattan to oh. Brooklyn, and you probably don't know this, but when you take the train to Manhattan, it's usually like two minutes a stop, except if you're crossing the river. So when you're crossing the river, I do like, know that I was in New York last year. Okay, if you're crossing the river from Manhattan to Brooklyn, it's like five to seven minutes of pitch black tunnel. Like you don't see anything, it's just, okay. So I would go through the tunnel every morning, I would get out on the other side, and at 8 a.m. I would call my mom, and I would say, I've arrived to hell. That's how I started her day, not just my day, every day for almost a year. 
And I stayed. That's like a limiting belief, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I was self-perpetuating for yeah. sure. And I. Visualizing. I, I was visualizing hell. I hadn't even arrived into my office yet. And I just by crossing that tunnel, I was like, oh, I've gone to hell. I'm there. Like getting onto the other side of where my office was like. And I'm sure I created some of that. And we grew from 150 people to 1,500 people. So the work dynamic changed. changed. The bureaucracy changed. We sold to a Fortune 100 company. It was very different than when I started. And I'm grateful for the experience. My How did you get out of it? So I quit. It took a year. It took a year because I had my mom in my head saying, you can't leave that job. It's so high paying. Where are you going to make money like that? And me saying, I want to start my own business. I want to start my own. This was 10 years ago. I want to start my own business. And not having enough belief in myself to actually go start my own business. How did the belief creep up then? What changed for you to make that decision and not, not take the action of doing it? Yeah. So the idea came to me of what I wanted to do. I was really good at helping salespeople. I had one of the top performing teams at the company and I kept was given more and more responsibility. And just one day I was like, all these other voices of what everyone else is saying doesn't matter because they don't have to wake up and live my life. I'm waking up and living my life and so I get to decide, right? You're the only person living your life. You get to decide how you're gonna live it and what decisions you're gonna make. and. It just, the belief just kicked in. And I think I got so frustrated with the stuff going on in my job that it was just, I'm gonna do this. And I chickened out. So I quit. And then instead of starting my own business, I took another job because I was, to I was a total chicken. And um, I was at that job for two months. The boss, um, did things that I would never do. We, we differed in our definition of ethics. I have them, he didn't. And he, for example, we made all this money. I don't have them on my LinkedIn or no one knows the company, but we made all this money and I know because I was in charge of sales and operations. And he told me to call everyone and tell them we didn't have money to pay them. I'm like, huh? I'm like, where'd the money go? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, I took it, it was profit. That's not profit. <laughs> That's not how it works. And I didn't feel comfortable calling people who did their work to say, hey, we can't pay you. I just, it didn't jive with me. And I thought, I'd be a way better boss. I, I can do this. And so seeing how someone else ran their small business firsthand and knowing how I would run mine finally gave me the confidence that I needed to, to go do it. So you got the confidence to do it now. So you made the decision, and when, when, how did it happen? So I gave my notice. I walked in, gave my notice, quit, and that was uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving. And then that Tuesday, I incorporated my business and just moved forward and took massive action. Matt, what do you mean massive action? I did everything I could to begin making sales because the lifeblood of a business is sales, right? Is revenue. And so you don't have a business unless you're creating sales. And so I upped my networking game. I started going to networking meetings every single morning, um, five days a week. 
I and and some meetings I was meeting 15 people some I was meeting 150 people not you know I didn't talk to everyone in the room but making connections following up having one-to-ones networking to see because this was 10 years ago so the internet wasn't as social media wasn't as big and I grew my entire business on referrals and networking amazing yeah let's talk about big thing then okay people talk about this in in sort of mindset a lot number one habits it's going to be number two we're going to come to that in a second habits what are they how do you create them okay I have a trick to habits if you want to create a new habit because everyone wants to like create this new habit I want to start meditating or I want to start getting into my relaxed state or whatever it may be but then they don't do it take a habit you're already doing like brushing your teeth you wake up and you brush your teeth every morning right and habits stack them yep So, you know, after you brush your teeth, you're going to go do the new thing that you want to do. If you want to write a book, then, and you want to write for 15 minutes a day, but you're not finding the time to do it, do it right after you do the thing you're already doing, right? And then you can begin after you form the habit. Now you can have it stack on that and that and that. And the consistency of it is what's going to drive. Got it. Yeah. So find something that you're already doing, whether it's going out with a cup of tea in the morning or a cup of coffee in the morning. Yep. You know that's a habit. It's happening at that time. Then do it after that. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that habit stacking before. I mean, and then something after that and something after that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Just pile them up. Yeah. Yeah, so I noticed the benefits of drinking cacao, ceremonial-grade cacao, which comes from Peru. It's direct from the bean. They don't process it. So it's not like chocolate that has been processed and whatever. It's a little different. Mm-hmm. And... The benefits of it is it makes you more alert. It creates, um, it cre- helps you create focus. It opens up your heart for you know creative yeah. energy, all of that. Okay, so I wanted to start drinking it every day. So it's the very first thing now that I do in the morning. So after I brush my teeth and get ready, I make a cup of cacao. And when I'm sitting with my cacao, which has now become a habit, I'm writing out what I'm grateful for. I'm writing out what I'm excited to do today. And language matters, right? So most people have a to-do list. Never have a to-do list again. Have a get-to-do list. When you have a to-do list, the word have to do is implied. Should do, have to do, must do. What are you saying? Get to do. Yeah, you get to do it. These are opportunities that you get get to to do do it. And yeah, so so add in the word get. Like I get to do these things. I heard from from another great actually. You know, turn it turn the to do list into a to achieve list. This is the outcome of Mm -hmm. you know sales meeting at ten on someone's to do list versus have an amazing meeting with John, make him feel amazing. uh, get the get the deal deal sealed. That's so here's part list. of the reframe that I why I like get to more than achieve. Yeah. On my to do list today is to call the phone company. Calling the phone company is annoying. Yeah. Right. You have to hold. Then you usually talk to someone whose mm-hmm. language is not whose first language is not yours, and there's, you know, it's just frustrating, and mm-hmm. you have to go back and forth. Okay, but when you get to do it then it actually makes you think about why. Okay, well, I'm fortunate enough to have a phone plan. And I'm grateful now that I have a phone plan that I get to be able to call my company and fix the issue that's going on, right? It changes, I think it creates, 
it, it creates gratitude sometimes for yeah, things right. that you normally wouldn't have gratitude do you for. ever get does it ever create resentment or like a, a sarcastic feeling like today i got today i get to make 24 goals well if that's your feeling about it yeah, exactly you know, but does that does that happen <laughs> Does that happen? Is that reality? It, it can happen, but if you're catching yourself doing that, then you might not be in the right job, Go right? Have a word you, with yeah, yourself. yeah, exactly. Go have a word with yourself. <laughs> like, if you're so unhappy doing the things that are going to help you create success, then why are you doing those things? Why are you in this position? You get to wake up and do what you love every single day. You get to. You don't have to. You get to, right? So if you hate doing what you're doing, then maybe you're in the wrong role really powerful what you said if you're so unhappy in in doing what you've got to do to create success well that's it's not the right fit that you see that that was a reality check your candor there was just <laughs> reality it's like come on this is what you get to do right does, does sometimes people need to fall back in love with that sometimes i'm trying to think of an example but i think once you become so disenfranchised then it's also worth looking at, do I need to, or not do I need to, because need is pressure, pressure yeah. language, but can I fall back in love with what I was doing? Or is there something better for me in the future? And you get to ask yourself that, right? That's, you get to journal on that and ask yourself that and figure that out. But if you hate Mondays, like Sunday night, you have that feeling of like, oh, oh man, I have to go back to work tomorrow. It's pretty obvious that you're not doing the thing that is meant for you. How important are routines? <laughs> routines are, are, okay, you know how kids need structure? They mm -hmm. thrive off of structure, right? Yeah. So growing up, we were thriving off of structure. Yes, yeah, true. Right, so why do we think as adults we, don't, we no longer need structure? Like, oh, I get to do something different every day. That's great. But how are you creating a structure and routine around it so that you're actually moving it forward, right? Like if you're in a different place every single day, it's actually not great for you, right? The part of the reason why I love waking up at the beach, because we have a place at the beach, is I have my routine. I go, I wake how up. How often do you go to the beach? As often as possible. <laughs> every month. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spend about 80% of my time there. Playing tennis? Uh-huh. Not 80% not of my time playing tennis, but 80% yeah. of my time at the beach. But part of the reason I love it is because I know, okay, on Mondays I have a lesson with my coach. On Tuesdays I have our match. On Wednesdays I have another lesson with my coach. And I wake up, and this is the first thing I do after my cacao yeah. before I you know, uh, and, go get to work. And gratitude. And yeah, yeah, and all those things, right? Setting my day up for success. And it, it often means I'm working a little bit later in the day because in the morning I'm taking care of me. Yep. But I have those routines set for me and it's it, it creates quantum leaps when you have a routine for yourself. Yep. It, it, it just, it's that simple. It creates quantum leaps when you <laughs> have a routine for yourself. You heard it here today, folks. That's right. right got some quick fire questions for you. Okay, let's do it. I'm so ready. Quick fire. What's your favorite book you've ever read? Uh, it's by Elmer Letterman, The Personal Power of Creativity. What? Why? It's an old book. Most people have not 
heard of it. Right. And Jeffrey introduced me to the author, Elmer Letterman. Anything he writes is amazing. And it's is it because just, you've met him? Oh uh, no, he's dead. I have not. He's. He, it's like how a old month. is it? Maybe the 20. I don't know. Okay. It's like go really ahead, old. Ahead, it's old. It's old. But it's still relevant. Yeah. And it's so good. And you read it and you're like, how did he know this back then? Yeah. Some of the, some of the best books. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite movie? I don't have one. Come on. I, I, I only like comedies or rom-coms. Right. Favorite, <laughs> favorite comedy. I really, I don't remember movie names. I fall asleep during every movie. Yeah, give us a, give us your favorite movie quote. I don't have one. I yeah, really don't know. Favorite rom-com? I, I, I don't. I, I'm not. Why do you like rom-coms? I want to watch something that's happy and lifts me up. You know, yeah. I don't want to watch something that's scary and I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah. Right? Like, I, yeah. I'm trying to keep my state positive, so. How often do you watch rom-coms? When you get back to when you get back to New York. Year. No, when you get back to New York, you've got to make Jeffrey get him a watch. Free rom-coms oh on the boy oh right, boy you're, you're having a movie weekend <laughs> all right and you're gonna tell me the name of the ones you i'll choose. tell you the name when i yeah, yeah. What, what's your favorite music i love affirmational uplifting music it sounds so corny but and i know this is supposed to be rapid fire but the things you listen to affect the things you say to yourself mm. and if you listen to the music that's going on right now for these young kids like it's terrible Listen to the words, and that's the words they have on repeat in their heads. So I listen to um, beautiful chorus and all these different, very soothing. Yeah. Uh, Got it. Love it. Favorite <laughs> holiday destination? Ooh, okay. I have two, and they tie. Paris and Aruba. So I've been going to Paris every year since I was 12 years old, and I French family. Love, love it. And Aruba is, you know, the beach. And you love the beach. And it's guaranteed, Aruba's guaranteed good weather. It's yeah. sunny every day. What annoys you the most in life? So I was listening to your podcast with Jeffrey and it's idiots. I hate stupid people. Like I hate, it's the same thing. When people don't think, it pisses me off. Yeah. It just, it, it yes. What is your morning routine? Wake up, drink cacao, gratitude list, uh, get to do list, and um, read, tennis, work. What time do you start work? About 9.30. All up before 9.30. Beautiful. Love, love, love. Are you um, an early riser or? I'm usually up around off? five. All right. Yeah. Like naturally. Yeah. Yeah. If you could have one day in someone else's body in their life yeah who would you choose okay so this is a toss-up between steve jobs because he's he was so baller yeah. right and sarah blakely the creator of Spanx. i love everything she stands for and well, maybe not everything but many things that yeah. she stands for and how she built that business sold that business how she's family oriented i just and she's independent like i just think she's awesome and who've who've been your three biggest trusted advisors in your life? Uh, my husband Jeffrey, who you all know. What have you got from him? <laughs> uh, positivity, yes, attitude, 
lots of re- he's constantly challenging me and reframing thoughts um, and pushing sales further and further and, and, and showing me I can do it just mm-hmm. a lot. Um, my mom, she owned and sold a business and my, both my parents were very successful. They printed and manufactured books and she's great at business and so it's great to bounce things off of her. And I'd have to go with, she's no longer alive, but my grandma. What do you get from your grandma? She taught me how to be a lady. And um, on her deathbed, she told me to always have nice nails because ladies always have nice nails. Thank you. And you've got an aura aura ring as well. Oh yeah, you need the aura ring. Um, and and she she taught me to be kind and to always be happy for other people, like never have any jealousy. Just lots of lessons over time. Amazing stuff. And if you could speak to the viewers right now and encourage them to take one action from this conversation, what would it be? Check your mindset. It doesn't matter what the weather is outside. It matters what the weather is inside your head. It matters what's going on in your head at all hours. And here it rains a lot, right? So like, check your mindset. Check your mindset going into everything that you do and ask yourself, is this, is this frame of mind going to help me create what I want or is it going to hurt me? And then you know what you need to do. If you knew you were going to succeed categorically definitely what would you do what i'm doing (laughs) i would help more entrepreneurs and female uh business owners grow their business and i would start a second business which i'm doing to uh offer tennis tournaments have you started that business it's in the it's it's i'm starting it it's in the works i got i got my costs down i'm building out the plan right now cool yeah so you're gonna do that? Oh yeah, yeah. What's been your favorite thing that we've discussed today about this conversation? I've enjoyed the whole conversation. I think this has been a lot of fun. Um, I liked that you, uh, when I said drama, like the mind drama, you brought it back to emotion, which is what it is. And um, the habits and the routines, I think get undervalued and there's they're, they're way more valuable than people want to pay attention to so I loved your simplicity on it oh thank you thank you very much yeah